reading from the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus again, in reply, spoke to the chief priests and the elders of the people in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. He dispatched his servants to summon the invited guests to the feast, but they refused to come. A second time he sent other servants, saying, Tell those invited, Behold, I have prepared my banquet. My calves and fattened cattle are killed, and everything is ready. Come to the feast. Some ignored the invitation and went away, one to his farm, another to his business. The rest laid hold of his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged and sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then the king said to his servants, The feast is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy to come. Go out, therefore, into the main roads, and invite to the feast whomever you find. The servants went out into the streets and gathered all they found, bad and good alike, and the hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he saw a man there, not dressed in a wedding garment. He said to him, My friend, how is it that you came in here without a wedding garment? But he was reduced to silence. Then the king said to his attendants, Bind his hands and feet, and cast him into the darkness outside, where, they will, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Many are invited, but few are chosen. Today's gospel shows Jesus telling a parable which seems to have been addressed primarily to the Pharisees and the chief priests. But why did Jesus speak in parables? Parables were stories that, that began or had origin in your lived life, you know, the events that everyone had experience of. They were rich in imagery, and they were not easily to be forgotten. Who among us could not put himself in the shoes of a parent who's organizing in detail and with great labor a party for his son, dreaming of a palace full of happy faces and singing and festivities. And imagine how that parent must have felt when at the time of the meal, no one, I mean literally no one, not a single one of the guests shows up. And when he tries to invite them again, he's even more hurt because the excuses that they have are trivial. And some even treat the servants badly or show complete indifference when the invitation comes. So, what was great reason for joy for this king becomes almost a hindrance, an obstacle, or an annoyance for the guests. So here is a state of contradiction that we find ourselves in. God wants to give us himself, his own life, his own joy, his own love. And on the one hand, you know, deep down, our being is designed so that it can receive the capacity to live the same life as God. But on the other hand, for various reasons, we find ourselves engaged in seeking life outside of him. And to the extent that our search has any success, we regard those who invite us to true life and true celebration as enemies. But how does this king react to the rejection of the guests? Perhaps we would have been so hurt that we would have given up throwing parties forever. He, on the other hand, does not give up, but he, he goes to a different level. He brings in those who were not invited at first. With great persistence, he sends out his servants and keeps on inviting so that he can hold the wedding feast and says, go out into the streets and those who you find, bad or good, call on them. 
both good and bad. And in the same parable that's recounted in the Gospel of Luke, the king tells the servants to go to the crossroads or the streets along the hedges and such, and force to bring the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind to the feast. So here again, we see kind of in a strange, perplexed way, this indecision to accept the invitation to the king's feast. And in some sense, it makes sense, however, a poor man might feel displaced or out of place at a royal wedding feast. Perhaps he would feel more comfortable at a soup kitchen, for example. But, but the king wants his hall to be filled with these very poor people. Only those who are aware that they are unworthy to participate in the feast will be made worthy to attend it by the Lord himself. I think this is why the church has educated us in a sense, by having us say at every Mass, Lord, I am unworthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and I shall be healed. Only these words, those who say these words, can participate in the King's Feast. The person who is more unaware of his unworthiness is has a greater joy and honor at being at the King's table, and the hall will be filled. God does not want beside him are at his side men who consider themselves worthy or righteous, but he wants forgiven sinners, people just like us. Our frailty and our own sin are never a decisive factor in keeping us from attending the King's Feast. So Matthew's parable shows two ways of saying a definitive no to God. The first is that of those who do not want to accept the invitation, and the second is those who, while accepting the invitation, nevertheless do not wear the wedding garment. And here the king approaches this guest politely, calls him a friend, and shows legitimate interest in wanting to know why he doesn't have a gown. Obviously, a poor person could not afford a wedding gown, a dress, vestment. But we should know that in the East, it was customary to give sumptuous robes to those who attended special banquets, and in particular wedding banquets. The king would send it himself. So refusal of this gift would have meant contempt, for the guest in an exhibition of maybe superiority. In fact, the guest without a wedding gown would probably mutter as a sign of guilt. Is it such a difficult thing to accept the gift of a wedding gown? It's an easy thing if one is humble, but it is most difficult or impossible if one is proud. One who is proud would not be able to bear having someone say to them, the conditions for entering glory are not what you thought they were but they are conditions set by the king of kings. Abandon your convictions. Let yourself be stripped of your old garment. Let yourself be washed and clothed in the garment of the feast. No, in fact, he wanted to go his own way, to remain full of himself, to follow his own standards, to make his own rules to his own measure, to go and stand at the prince's wedding feast in neglected manner, without care or attention to beauty, which, though he had been offered, however this option, and it is this that displeases the king. So here, in order to refuse the invitation or the wedding garment, to avoid refusing the invitation or the wedding garment, we consistently ask for the gift of humility and meekness of heart every day without tiring, because only humility would enable us to accept the invitation and to change our attire as it entails. Only humility will enable us to bear the excess of splendor, the excess of life, and the excess of love that awaits us.